0: What I'd like to do today is pick up from where I left off the last time I presented a psalm, and just to remind us of a few points, and for those that may not have been there, uh, the three points I want to point out is that David was a man after God's own heart, which we heard in the back room, and he's an example of how we should live our lives. Number two that I want you to remember from what I I said last time was that the Lord gave us the book of Psalms, which is like a a window into David's soul. So we can see David's heart, which was like God's heart, which is what we want to be. And then number three, I mentioned that the Lord also gave us kind of like a storybook of David's life by the book of Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles, where we can see events in David's life. And on one hand, we can look at his heart, We can see what he meditated, what he thought on, and then we can see the events of his life and see how his heart, the heart like God, manifested in the activities of his life. And so I want to kind of pick up from there. And because of the time that we want to keep short, uh, what I want to do is read Psalm 39, and you can turn there, and I also want to read another event in David's life. And even though we're not told that this event is what David is talking about in Psalm 39, as we rethought Psalm 39 after having described the event without reading it because of the time constraint, I want you to kind of, as we read through the psalm, think about how David, think about it as David entering this into his journal, into his diary, and then see how this event plays out the way David had determined in his mind beforehand that he was going to how he was going to do it. And that's what we want to do. If we have God's word in our heart, then it'll manifest itself in our actions, like Jonathan just said, our love. Just to give a little timeline to to describe this event, David is reigning out of Jerusalem. He has fallen in sin with Bathsheba. He's responsible for the murder of Uriah to try and cover his sin, but then he's been confronted by Nathan... And he's confessed his sin, and the Lord says that he's forgiven him his sin, but that the sword would not depart from his house. So he knew that there were consequences for his sin. And the event that I want to actually kind of shortly describe is David fleeing from Jerusalem because Absalom has stolen the hearts of the people of Israel. And so the event is... David is fleeing from Jerusalem with his family, with his faithful servants, and with his mighty men. And as they're walking down the road, fleeing from Absalom, they come across Shimei, which is a wicked and perverse man. And Shimei is cursing David. I mean, can you imagine the spirit that David must have been in? I mean, it'd be a humbling spirit to have to run because your own son is, is making you leave. And Shimei is not only cursing, but he's throwing stones, he's throwing dust in the air. And David's servant, uh, Abishai, says, let me go take his head off. And what does David do? Say, does he say, sure, go ahead and, by the way, bring his head so I can kick it down the road as I'm walking and leaving Jerusalem. David doesn't do that. That wasn't in David's heart. What David did is he just, he pretty much just said No. The Lord has brought this on. it. He knew what Nathan had said, and he could probably put two and two together. The Lord is is chastening me right now. I'm not going to say anything. Let him curse. It's the Lord that's done this, and they just keep on going down the road, and so now I want to just read Psalm 39 with that event in mind, and like I said, the Lord doesn't tell us this is the event that David's talking about, but just look at all the different things as we read it that just fit so perfectly in place. Psalm 39. I said, I will take heed to my ways. What ways are you talking about, David? That I sin not with my tongue. Right. I will keep my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle, while the wicked is before me. And Shimei certainly fits the description of a wicked man. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace. Even from good, and my sorrow was stirred; my heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue, "Lord, make me to know my end, and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Behold, Thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is nothing before Thee." Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Deliver my soul from my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. I was dumb, I opened not my mouth, because thou didst it. Remove thy stroke away from me. I am consumed by the blow of thy hand. When thou rebuke it, when thou with rebukes dost correct man for iniquity, thou makest his beauty to consume away like a moth. Yes. Surely every man is vanity. Selah. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears, for I am a stranger with thee, a sojourner as all my fathers were. Oh, spare me that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. Amen. Just a few points. Uh, you know, David said, I said, I will take heed to my ways. If we just fall into a situation without having already determined in our heart and have that heart of God. We're going to fall into wicked ways. We're going to open our mouth. We're going to spew out hatred against other men. And, you know, the situation with David was different than the situations we're mostly in. We sin, we we go to the Lord, we ask him for, for, for forgiveness. And that's all we have to deal with, David was dealing with not only his own sin, knowing how great it was, but here he has a wicked man, and and it often happened that way, where he was just being rebuked, he was being mocked, he was made fun of, you know, where's your God, Uh, look what situation you're in, you know, it doesn't look like God is with you, but rather than focusing on the wickedness of that person, and just, you know building up in his mind all this hatred for this person. You know, like it says in verse 3, you know, my heart was hot within me while I, while I mused, the fire burned. You know, a, a wicked man would be just fuming, thinking about what Shimei was saying, but what did David do? What does a righteous man do? He doesn't think about it. He knows that wicked man is wicked, he's vain. It's not worth even considering. What does David do? He turns his eyes within himself. Yes. He confesses his own sin. He knows that he's wicked, and he asks the Lord to forgive him and rather than you know spewing out his hatred or on the other side wallowing in his sin he says my hope is in God and he goes on and there's just a ton of information in here that's just just amazing to really look at but don't have time for but just one last thought the final verse where david's final verse where david says oh spare me that i may receive strength before i go hence and be no more And also above where he says, don't let me be the reproach of the foolish. Knowing David's heart and and all the evidence in other places in the Bible, we know that David wasn't so much concerned about his own self. He was concerned about, you know, the Lord and not wanting to shame the Lord. And when, when David says, spare me, that I can recover strength, it's not so I can, you know, go back to being a great king and everybody will look up to me. He's saying, we know it from the testimony of the Bible, Lord, don't leave me in this state. Give me my strength back so I can serve you. And that's it's just an amazing lesson in Psalm 39, and it should be our lesson. You know, look into the Word of God, make it our meditation and yes. in our hearts so that, like we're going to hear today, that it'll flow out in our actions right. and that when a storybook, so to speak, is written about our lives, it'll, it'll match the love of God and what what God wants for us.